Hello, and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond, and I'm glad you're listening today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through this Victory Briefing. A Great Storm These days there is an agitation an unrest, a great turbulence in the fourth dimension. It reminds me of a storm like the one in Mark chapter 4, a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, where the disciples were in a panic and Jesus slept on a pillow in the aft of the boat. They were on their way to help a demonized man who lived in the graveyard in the Gentile area called Gadara. Here Jesus is at the end of a full day of teaching and healing of multitudes of people, and he's worn out. He's tired. He is in the boat, and he says to his disciples, let's get away. Let's go to the other side of the lake. It's about five miles to the eastern shore. It's interesting that Mark mentions, and other boats were with them. That puts witnesses on the scene and gives credibility to the story. So Mark 4, verses 35 to 41, I'm going to paraphrase, and you can read along in your Bible if you'd like to. But this is, uh, this is the story of the, 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 the great storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Along toward evening, Jesus said, Let's go across to the other side of the lake. And they set sail and started across the lake, leaving smaller boats behind. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was filling up with water. All this time Jesus was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow that I'm going to say he made out of an extra suit of clothes. And they woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're all going to die out here? They wanted him to at least panic, too. And he awakened and surprised them by commanding, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and suddenly there was a great calm. In verse 40, he said to them, Experienced fishermen screaming like little girls, Why are you so afraid? Now the word afraid here is cowardly or faithless. Not realizing that he spoke to the demonic forces causing the raging storm, and they were fearful and said to one another, God, he is awesome. Even the wind and the sea obey him. Now the word fearful in this verse is awe or revere. And so that's like the fear of the Lord. So two different kinds of fear is talked about here. We must never forget that we live in a fallen world and that As the scripture tells us, the whole world is in the grip of the devil and his agents. This includes the physical world as well. Behind the disasters we hear of so often and sometimes experience, you know, earthquakes, famines, floods, droughts, tornadoes, hurricanes, these are sometimes a satanic attack on people. Jesus understood this, and he did not rebuke the wind, but I believe He rebuked the one who stirred it up. Jesus lived in a constant realization, as the Apostle Paul said, 
that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wicked spirits in high places, according to Ephesians 6.12, who are able to affect humanity at various levels of life. It was these spirits that Jesus rebuked. So he is addressing the spiritual, invisible world here. The result was a great calm. People become afraid because they don't understand the fourth dimension. They don't understand the spiritual realm. They lose faith, and faith is always the answer to our fears, regardless of the situation. They had forgotten the teaching in the Sermon on the Mount about the extent of God's care for them. You are much more valuable than flowers and birds. God cares for them. Will he not much more care for you, O ye of little faith? Matthew 6.30 tells us that. After all, they were in the same boat. Their fate would be his fate. And yet, in a panic, they had forgotten this. Remember, whenever you are in trouble with Jesus on board, the boat will not sink and the storm will not last forever. Let's go on to Mark chapter 5, verse 1, and I'll go down through and paraphrase the 20 verses here. None of them even dared to ask Jesus for just a little bit of wind in order to power their boat. So they rowed two-thirds of the way in the stillness of the night. And they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadara, and they began to hear cursing and screams of torment. And as Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he had just twisted the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. He had supernatural demon strength. No one had the strength to subdue him anymore. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with sharp stones. Verse 6, And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, the naked and wounded man said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. Jesus said to him, Come out of him. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. Verse 10, He begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on a hillside, and they begged Jesus, saying, Send us into the pigs, let us enter them. So Jesus approved, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. What a commotion! After all the squealing and grunting and splashing there in the moonlight, the disciples are looking at 2,000 dead hogs, glistening in the water around their boat. The hog farmers were running through every city in in that part of the country, telling what happened. Curiosity and fear motivated the townspeople to come, even at night, to see what the commotion was about. 
And they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demonized and with a legion of unclean spirits, and Jesus had given him his pillow. And now the man was sitting peaceful, clothed and in his right mind. The people had seen a great miracle, and yet they were still afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demonized man and the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. In the end, people would rather have demonic screams coming from the graveyard in the middle of the night than healing and deliverance. After all, he had totally messed up their local economy. Verse 18, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might come aboard as well. Jesus didn't allow it. He said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim throughout the ten nearby cities how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone, except the pork producers, marveled. At sunrise, the disciples had to row the boat out of a herd of 2,000 dead floating hogs Imagine if the pigs only weighed 10 pounds each. That's 10 tons of dead hog meat around their boat. I have a picture in mind of Peter moving dead pigs out of the path of the boat with a boat oar in order to get underway. I wonder if there was even a breeze as their morning departure slowly began. It's time to go five miles back across the sea and deal with another crowd, Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. The people saw this deliverance and was evident to them that here was a man set free, but they are hit in the most tender part of their anatomy, their pocketbook, and instead of rejoicing, they pled with Jesus to leave, and I say if they refuse to rejoice with you in your testimony, they are none of his but goats. Anyway, society is always doing this. We see it in our own day. Politicians say fossil fuels are polluting our world and we must ride bicycles or drive electric cars, yet it takes fossil fuels to recharge the electric cars. To follow man's ideas, and especially if you're relying upon the government, it's always discouraging. Jesus must be our Lord. The Decapolis was a group of ten Greek cities on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, including Damascus. Today this area is called the Golan Heights. This Gentile community is where Jesus commanded this man to go and bear witness. Among the Jews, he told them not to say a word, to keep from being overwhelmed by people mobbing him, making an orderly ministry impossible. But here, among the Gentiles... He sent this man back. What a pattern of witness he established. He told him him to go home and not to go around from door to door explaining the plan of salvation, but go tell your friends what happened to you. That is what a witness is, you see. I'm not against evangelizing, but we need to understand that witnessing and evangelizing are two different things. This man was sent to be a witness, to tell the people what happened to him, and what a story he had to tell of how he lived in anguish and torment 
how he had been against all of humanity, a menace to anyone who came by, angry and hostile and rebellious, and yet Jesus had set him free and given him peace and joy. No wonder that as he went about in all these cities, men marveled at what they heard. What do these two events have to do with our lives? I believe the Holy Spirit inspired Mark to put these together to help us to realize that Jesus is Lord. No matter whether the enemy threatens us or frightens us through some circumstance or event on the outside of us, like the storm was for the disciples, or whether it was something rising from within, some habit, attitude, some long-standing hostility or resentment we hold against someone else, even if it is some demonic influence that tears us apart, making us restless and discontent. Whatever it is, Jesus is Lord. These stories tell us if we have trouble from the inside or the outside, he reigns now in our lives. So if his question to us during the coming year is, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? We will always remember that Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for power over the events in our lives, over all the forces which influence us. As we enter the new year, Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is in the same boat with us throughout this new year. You are here with us to comfort and strengthen us, to reassure us, and to take us through whatever storms may come. Lord, we know that you will not stop every storm from coming, but you will take us through them. And we know that whatever forces strike from within us to distress or frighten us, you enable us with victory over them. And now we worship you, and we think of the greatness and glory of the Father who sent to us his Spirit to live in us. Thank you. In the name above all names, amen. Thank you for following the podcast. I hope you make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. This message and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net.